1: were you not entertained? I'm Daniel.
2: I'm Rachel. And
3: I'm James.
1: And we are going to be talking about another Oscars Best Picture nominee uh, mm-hmm. All Quiet on the Western Front uh, like the third time this has been made into a movie. Yep. Yes. Uh, this is another one of those uh, similar to last year I think only last year and this year have been the case where uh, there is a movie that is a Best Picture nominee that is also a Best Foreign Picture nominee. I'm talking not in the history of no, yeah, the Oscars, in, but
2: in recent times. Yes. I would think so. I feel like Roma might have been another one of those dual nominees. But yes, this movie and. Much like your statement, I could be wrong on this, but this movie, as far as being a foreign film, is nominated for so many Oscars, which you don't typically see with a foreign film.
3: Yeah, it's I mean, it's really good.
1: Yeah. uh, What do we have? We have uh, Best International Feature Film, Best Achievement in Makeup Hairstyling, Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures, Best Sound. Uh, Best Achievement in Visual Effects, Best Motion Picture of the Year, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Achievement in Cinematography, Best Achievement in Production Design. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's That's a hefty amount of nominations. Right.
2: It is, and I think it's also sort of important to point out that, unlike other movies where the remakes repeatedly are Oscar darlings, Because the previous two iterations of this absolutely were. This isn't, well, at least they don't want us to think of this as a remake. This is entirely readapted from the book. Rather than being based on any of the previous movies.
3: Well, they're going for it a second time. it would be pretty impressive if if they win. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, uh, didn't the 1930 version win Best
1: Picture?
2: I believe it did. I think the the one in the middle, the 1980s version, was the one that didn't.
1: Yeah. Snubbed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll even be so bold as to say that I think Felix Kama should have been nominated for an acting award for this.
3: Yeah. He was incredible.
2: Don't come after me if I mispronounce that.
3: You're going to
1: hear me try to do it better.
2: I was about to say, I'm... (laughs) I'm not a German, so I can't make those noises. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'm looking at the names of some of the cast, and um, I'm I'm not even going to (laughs) try.
2: No, but to me, Paul Bomer was such a... That was such a good depiction. Yeah. He did an incredible job, and especially because this is his first ever really acting role.
3: Oh, wow. I didn't it's know like
2: that. oscars They love to find these unknown characters or unknown actors and give them a chance, and it's brilliant in this case.
1: Uh, well, in all fairness, the Oscars didn't give him a chance. No, no, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, I just mean that's like a, it seems to be indicative of an Oscar film. Yeah. So often you see someone nominated and it's like their first movie ever or something like that.
1: Yeah. No, I think he did a great job. Um, I, I like a lot about this movie. Uh, unfortunately for me, it's another one of those movies that I have to read. Uh, so I miss <laughs> some of what's actually going on on screen.
3: There is an English dub. Yeah. But it's not very great.
1: I dislike dubbed movies about as much as I dislike reading them. So... Yeah. It was a lose-lose for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and with a dubbed movie, you will never genuinely capture the right emotion. Right. It just isn't possible because they're not living that situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're talking over like a replaying of the movie and not acting the movie. And there's
2: such a different quality to when your face has literally just been pressed into the mud. Versus trying to imagine that and speak through a microphone. All right. So we don't support dubs in this house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going that
3: far with it, but sure. I'll go that far with it. (laughs) The standout thing for me in this, and there's lots of standout things in this film. Um, Visually, it's incredible. But the audio on this, Mm -hmm. the score was noticeably great. Like, enough to where I was like, wow, okay. And I don't do that with most movies. Music in movies and sound is something that I just typically doesn't resonate with me the way it does for other people. Um, I mean, it makes a difference in the movie, obviously, in the way that I feel about it. But I don't notice it. It um, sets
1: the tone, but it doesn't, like, it's not something you go, oh. The yeah. Music is... Yeah.
3: It's rare that I have something, like, pop out at me that isn't in a bad way. Um, yeah, you know, some needle drop that's just really weird tone or something like that can take me out of it. But this was the score was awesome, and the sound was so immersive it it really helped bring you into the absolute terror of the of the situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, and I wholeheartedly agree. And I think it's very funny to me that the the soundtrack to this was so fantastic and poignant because the last time I really remember a soundtrack doing that was with 1917.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
2: Which is another, you know, has many parallels to this film from the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's, that was something that I kind of noticed with this too, is that, yeah, the the soundtrack is exceptional because they again sort of stuck to these very basic tones as opposed to having some huge, big building score all the time.
1: Yeah, no, that is, yeah, I guess that's very true. Um, you know, this movie to me is, uh, I've never read the book, yep. um, but I think it's a very good, it's a very good telling of what feels to be a realistic depiction of what it would be like to be on specifically what would, what it would be like to be on the, uh, the German side towards the end of world war one. Um, a
3: little too realistic at times.
1: It <laughs>
2: can be. Yeah. Yeah. And that was why the book was such a huge deal when it came out because it was a first person perspective.
3: Yeah. And on top of that, you know, this was the first war that, you know, had gone out of the, the gentlemen's wars. I mean, there was obviously others that were just as that were brutal and disgusting, but this was, you know, the invention of trench warfare and the, Utilization of uh, mustard gas and chemical warfare, and mm-hmm. flamethrowers, and airplanes, and all the different technologies that exploded tanks. during World War One. Yeah, tanks, tanks that had been you know, if they hadn't been used for the first time there, they hadn't really been used, made in large world conflicts up to right. that point. And so there was a public perception of war that was changed by this book. Um, when people realized how horrible war had become, that it was you know,
1: yeah, it, it wasn't had, just it lining up taking shots at each up. other like yeah. with inaccurate rifles. Yeah, like these were devastating weapons that were being employed, mm-hmm. and all kinds of weapons. And
3: these were kids who were dying.
1: Yeah, yep.
3: normal kids, not you know. The rich kids who get put into military school, kind of thing. This was your average day people getting conscripted into this, and
1: then, or in in this instance, you know, feeling the need to sign up to not get left behind. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, the the prideful kid who's like, "Oh no, I'm absolutely going to do this for the glory," but you never really get to come home the same person.
3: There's no
1: such thing as glory in a war you like that. You never get to come home.
2: No, just, <laughs> much yes. less,
1: much less is the same person. Yeah,
2: in absolutely. this instance, um, no. And you had spoken to the visuals. Some of it was very realistic and grisly, but the thing that stood out to me was that every once in a while they would have these just beautiful shots of of the landscape, in spite of what was happening
3: mm-hmm.
2: and they used shots every once in a while when they were in battle, be it like early morning, things like that. And there was just a red mist that hung in the air. And, and while that is horrific in what it is, it was such a great visual.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I thought some of the the shots like that were just awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, even the beginning of this started, you know, uh, foxes and what looks to be a serene picture of wilderness, promptly followed by charging across a battlefield to get mowed down by a machine gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean,
3: (laughs) this is one of those films that I'm glad I watched, but I probably don't really had the stomach to go back to um it's pretty horrific at times intentionally so and rightfully so but
1: you know most i don't know i think as far as the genre goes it's not really that bad
2: yeah it to me it didn't feel heavy-handed
1: it it I think that the
3: gratuitous... I don't think that the gore is gratuitous because of the subject matter that it's talking about, how it's intentionally trying to horrify you. Um, But this movie has zero, uh, almost zero levity. And when it does provide you with some levity, it's quickly turned into sadness or additional horror. And it does a great job. It just made me sad, and I don't want to be sad anymore, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's
2: fair. fair i I know you had watched the film before us, and so you had mentioned that it was pretty gross at times, so I was like very prepared for that, but I to me, yeah. it wasn't overly done. There was nothing in this I thought was like exceptionally grisly, just for the sake of body mutilation or, or things like that. It, it was sad. Absolutely. But I think in a lot of ways it painted a, a very realistic depiction without trying to sugarcoat it for the audience at all.
3: Right. Yeah. It wasn't overly done. It was necessary, but God. Ugh.
1: Yeah. I mean, it absolutely, it absolutely was sad. Uh, it was a very somber,
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um,
1: which I think is good. It helps get the point across, right? Um, Absolutely. But yeah, no, I completely understand what you mean about there not being really <clears throat> much levity. I mean, there's there's a little, but it is, like you said, promptly followed by um sadness. <laughs> right back to it. Yeah. Uh, it barely gives you a break. Um, but I think that kind of hammers it home. The situation, uh, especially how everything turns out in the end. Like, I'll go ahead and say spoiler alerts because we haven't said it for this one. But, um, like, nobody makes it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh and all because of mostly all because of um the want to to escape from the situation. Like uh, uh how how do you say his name?
2: Uh which one? Oh, Chadden. Chadden. Yeah, Chadden was that was very sad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, killed himself with a fork. Um you know, essentially at the he he was injured but essentially at the end of the war. Um I don't know that they hadn't signed anything at that time, but it was known that the war was over. Uh and then quickly following that you get um oh I forgot his name.
2: Which the one? The names other? in this
3: are hard for me. Yeah. His
2: other friend who was with him. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see your computer screen from here, so <laughs>
1: Yeah. Sorry.
2: Um but yes, yeah, his other friend.
1: Yeah, who they go to get eggs. And,
2: oh, Kaczynski! I thought you meant prior to that when they first encountered the tanks.
1: No, mm. no, and he yeah, loses no. yet
2: another friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, they all. Yeah, Kaczynski. Cat—that's what they were calling him. Yeah, okay. I was trying to remember what they were actually calling him. Um, but yeah, they go to get the eggs, and then Cat gets shot by the the farmer's son right <clears throat> uh, and then having to get sent right back into to battle again like yeah. literally 15 minutes before everything is supposed to be over
2: the folly of nationalist pride
1: yeah just to get skewered to save to save a random kid who then runs away and lets you die man Um, yeah it's it's heavy yeah like even (laughs) all the way through the end when you're like okay they're finally like they're finally done and then no they're not Uh, just when you think it's literally just when you think it's over and I think that's the, the point um Three more people have to die. Wow. Three more characters in the movie have to die. Obviously many more people died.
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That was the, the two sides of the issue, right? You had the, I guess for sake of argument, you'd call them politicians who were the ones signing these things and, and wanting to end the war. And then you had the, the generals and the people on the ground who couldn't let go of the idea of fighting to them it was an insult they'd rather all die than sign an armistice
1: well i think the generals would rather have all the people that they control die they don't want to die yeah um otherwise that idiot would have shot himself in the face which he should have yeah um but instead he sent you know thousands of other people to die for his pride and ignorance yeah Uh, And I don't know if that, I mean, it would not surprise me in the slightest if that really happened, Um, but I don't know if it did (laughs) Um, because I don't know how much of this is actually based off of like, I don't think the, the, I don't think that the book or the movie itself is actually based off of um, specific real events that happened to one person. Yeah, I don't think it's could, autobiographical. Yeah, but could very easily be based off of real events, like the reality of uh, what happened during the war. Right.
2: Well, and this movie is not a very close adaptation.
1: It's mm, not a close adaptation? Okay.
2: No, it's, it's fairly liberal with the events.
1: Well, mm-hmm. So what's the point? In, I hate it when they do that.
2: <laughs> it's still, it still, it gleans a lot of its information and a lot of the central themes and relationships from the book.
3: Then you should say inspired by the book.
1: Right. Called Don't Adam, name Adam, it the same Trump. thing as the
3: yeah. book. An
2: Adaptation of, yeah. Well, that's how you get the budget because this is the largest or the biggest budget Netflix film that they've ever been willing to do with Germany.
3: It looks like it. It's, like <laughs> it's their biggest the visual visibly in there. Yeah.
2: And I think they're getting the returns on it that they hoped for because this has got so much awards buzz.
1: Yeah, no, I, it absolutely.
3: That inspires you know, them to keep making films like this. I'm okay with that.
1: I listed all of the things that it was nominated for. So they yeah. did something right for sure.
2: Well, absolutely. Could you have imagined, you know, a decade ago that Netflix would be putting out films like this? Right that Netflix would have a film nominated for an Oscar.
1: Yeah. And now multiple years running.
2: Yeah. It it, wasn't
1: just like a one-off thing. And most
2: (laughs) of the big streaming services do have something nominated. Mm -hmm. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's crazy. Well,
3: was that it? Are we going to get into favorite scenes or?
1: Uh, f- sure. Favorite scenes.
2: Sure. <laughs> who, who wants? I to guess go I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard
3: one for me. Yeah. What you got, Daniel? Uh,
1: my favorite scene is the first time that they go to the farm and, uh, and cat goes in and steals the goose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I just, I think it's, uh, A good depiction of, like how, like the German army was—they're starving, right? They're not—they're not well fed. They've been cut off, Uh, and you know what they're having to do in order to get some food is like go steal from the locals, right? Which there's a a local uh, French farmer that. Uh, they've decided to pick on <laughs> probably because he's the only one around got a
2: goose. Yeah. Yeah. He's got livestock.
1: So that they go in and take the goose and they're, they're like so used to getting shot at at this point that, it, that it's funny to them Yeah, that he's shooting at them and missing, obviously. Um, but it's like a, a funny adventure to go get some, you know, go get some food. Uh, and I just thought that that was a really good, um, a really good way to depict that. Not only that they're the situation they're in as far as like the food is concerned, but also the mentality that they have um, after surviving all of these, all of these battles mm-hmm. and uh, you know, escaping with, the goose and their lives is just, you know, it's just funny. It's the (laughs) closest
2: to lighthearted. We pretty much get.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: To steal that goose and then cook it over the fire and tell stories.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, that's my favorite scene is the one that follows directly after them stealing the goose. And it's the cooking of, and kind of the camaraderie and the, the one moment of forgetting about the war outside that they have. Yeah. And pretty much the whole
1: movie. Talking about what they're going to be doing after. And. Mm-hmm. It's also the moment I was
3: like, oh, everybody's going to die.
1: <laughs> in a yeah, war movie, absolutely. when
3: you start talking about what you're going to do after the war, you, you're you dead, dude. It's like having yeah. sex in a horror film. You just don't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you know you're in a horror film? Now you've got to die. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was really good. So your- and that, and that he goes off, uh, goes off with the girls that are pushing the cart. That was even or whatever.
2: later, yeah, when they were uh, peeling potatoes.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. But that's also the same kind of, you know, same kind of thing when they're talking about
2: yeah, moments of camaraderie. And yeah, they're yeah, talking about life after the war.
3: That was also one of the considerations for my favorite scenes was the potato peeling. Potatoes. Yeah. That one just ended too sad. Yeah, <laughs> and it yeah. got real depressing at the end, and so.
1: Fair enough. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. So what was yours, Rachel. Uh,
2: so mine's uh, not nearly as lighthearted as y'all's. I um, one of the scenes that I think stuck out a little bit more to me was, as we talked about earlier, when. They rush back with soup for Tjaden when he's been injured and he's in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. The brutality of that. Because I I sort of thought that's what was going to happen when he kept staring at that fork.
3: Yeah.
2: I thought, Oh no, you shouldn't have given this guy a fork. And then even while that's happening, the fact that another soldier comes over and steals their food and goes back and sits down to eat it like nothing happened. To me, was such a a phenomenal depiction of the absolute callousness that they've all reached at this point. the The humanity is gone. Yep. It's not. We're not friends. There is no human survival. It's me survival. Um. So that just wow. That was one of the heavier, more brutal <laughs> scenes in the film. Yes. It, I thought it was such a strong striking depiction because it as we've discussed with other Oscar movies this was its moment of showing not telling. Yeah. So, It uh, sticks with you. Happy to bring you guys down but <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was my selection.
3: I have like low level shock from the movie itself more or less actually having to fight a war like that yeah but good choice sad choice but good choice yeah (laughs) all right well then does that wrap it up for all quiet on the western front the 2023 edition or edition?
1: i I believe it does yes
3: Well, hopefully you enjoyed our coverage of it. Maybe a little less uh, sad than the movie itself. If you did, then please go online and like and subscribe. But most importantly, join us next time on Were You Not Entertained.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?